In 2004, when he was a graduate student at the University of Alberta, Junaid Jahangir began writing for a progressive religious magazine in Pakistan. He was studying economics, but his writing in this magazine began to ignite a conversation that would lead to a lifetime of activism. Essentially, it was to uh, provide a fresh look at the issues, whether it's issues related to women or issues related to democracy, apostasy, blasphemy. So we were we were basically looking at things differently and say, how is Islam relevant in the 21st century? My name is Junaid Jahangir, Assistant Professor of Economics at McEwen. Welcome to Clock Radio, stories about what makes us tick at McEwen University. I'm Stephanie Sparks. Junaid is a busy man, an economics professor, an activist, and a frequent blogger for Huffington Post. He works to challenge the theological arguments that marginalize LGBTQ youth within the wider Muslim community. We spoke to him about his writing, the challenges he faces, and the simple actions that anyone can take to help create inclusive spaces that are safe for everyone. The responses to Junaid's articles in that magazine inspired his passion for studying and advocating for LGBTQ youth from Muslim backgrounds. It is a calling that has filled Junaid's free time for more than a decade. It all began with a letter he got from a fellow scholar. He said that he has seen so many cases of young gay men who have tried or actually committed suicide in Pakistan. And there are not many resources available on this issue. And that got me going. Like, say, for instance, here, living in Alberta, like, Alberta has this traditional reputation as redneck Alberta or something. But despite that, we have had Im- tremendous improvements in Alberta, tremendous changes. And, of course, in this day and age, you can't discriminate. Even in classrooms now, they are, we are moving towards having, I mean, we have done a lot in terms of having, providing safe spaces to all these uh, youth so we have reached we have reached reach that and we are even moving even further now with the the flag, the trans flag was raised at the alberta legislature you know you we have that so a lot has been done of course there are still pockets where you know in still pockets like in canada the way you have strong opinions but by and large society has moved forward so this discussion has to happen within these respective sub communities in canada whether it's from ethnic minorities or muslims or sikhs or hindus they have not as yet even bothered with the issue 15 year old 16 year old 18 year old youth they're asking these questions like i'm experiencing these feelings what's wrong with me how do i fix them what do i do and the response is overwhelmingly uh strong against that you can't be who you are etc etc you're going through a phase or 101 reasons are given you know the, in this day and age when young people come out it's kind of like with all the fanfare and you see all these pride parades it's sort of like a party fest or something but for these people it's very it's it's like like a life and death issue the number one problem we face is this you cannot talk about this issue perpetrating this homosexual act is one thing it's a sin but to talk about it and to justify it it is essentially it amounts to apostasy and traditionally the punishment of apostasy is death i mean of course and they'll limit it because we live in democratic societies you can't kill people left right and center so that's the one big area that's the one way through which they stop debate so people in generally are scared it's taboo issue and nobody wants to jump into controversial waters 
That's one big problem we have. Nobody wants to talk about it out of fear. When people do talk about it, it is talked about in the context of shame and guilt. They say, okay, we accept this. Okay, you are you identify yourselves as this and gay or whatever. He's, and then they basically say, nobody is born gay. You, you chose to be this way. But now that you've corrupted your own nature, what can we do? And, and we don't have a cure for it. So what we can do about this is you hop on one leg for the rest of your life. You basically become permanently celibate. The challenge that, that LGBT Muslim activists face is because on the one hand, the, the Orthodox Muslim community is telling them, you are not Muslim enough. If you want to become Muslim, you need to get rid of that. On the other hand, in the militant atheist circuits, they are basically told, why are you clinging to these old-fashioned heterosexist supremacist viewpoints? So on both sides, they are being told to let go of part of, the, of, part of who they are. Janaid is clear. Hiding who you are in order to fit into a community is unacceptable. He is fighting for a future where these young people can flourish and, most importantly, be themselves, both LGBTQ and Muslim. However, he cautions against an overly aggressive approach. We have to broach this issue in a very a thoughtful manner. The narrative has to change. But this work right now is majorly addressed to LGBT youth, who are, who are well-versed in the scriptures, but who are struggling with it, and the straight allies who want to help, but they're incapacitated because they don't know what to say. Janaid's research gives people the words they need to speak out by deconstructing every single argument used by the Islamic orthodoxy around LGBTQ issues. He has spent years sifting through every Quranic text, sayings of the prophet and jurists, arguments from contemporary scholars and those used in online Islamic spaces. So my work reinforces the positive elements over here and tells them, you know, there is, an, there is a way. You don't have to necessarily follow the old way. There is another way to look at it. So that's my uh, hope that this is going to add to the chorus of voices, which will uh, hopefully add to positive change in Islam. So I'm hoping that gradually these people will add their voices increasingly. So when they add their voices in, on YouTube or when they add their voices in online blogs, in sermons, that's going to gradually change, shift uh, viewpoints. Janaid knows it's not going to be easy. Societal change is slow and changing ideologies is even slower. It can be frustrating, incredibly sad and lonely work, but it's a fight that must not be lost. Because for these youth, everything is at stake. In this community, um, challenges are immense. The first challenge, of course, is you'll find yourself alone. And when you're alone, nobody's listening to you. And you think that whatever I'm doing, nobody cares. You keep writing article after article after article and, you know, only except for, you know, a select group of people and it's not really making an impact. What will take for real change to happen is people have to be brave. The LGBT rights were not just won by LGBT people, they were supported by their allies. And so, and that's the issue here in Islam right now. We are not going to make headways until our straight allies march with the LGBT community. When it comes to creating safe spaces, Junaid begins in his own classroom with a conversation that defines that space on the very first day of classes. 
this is what I can do as a teacher at McEwen. The first day of my classes, I have a blurb in my course outlines. This is my classrooms are a safe space, irrespective of your religious beliefs, sexual orientation, and the way you make your living. Whichever background you come from, from life, you have the right to be here in my class and you'll be given equal respect. Irrespective of the color of your skin, the thickness of your accent or, or uh, the, 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 the piece of garb on your head or not on your head or gay or straight or trans, you know, whether you're more in terms of mannerisms, you're more feminine or more masculine, none of that matters. All that matters are you're in my class and whether I can excite you in economics or not. That's the only thing that matters. The freedom to be yourself, to express your opinions, to study and challenge societal norms, these are part of what defines universities. But how can individual students, faculty, and staff help create safe spaces where all of these things can happen? Janaid says to begin with the smallest actions. If, uh, say for instance, if there is uh, another student who identifies openly, visibly, you know, as LGBT sitting next to me and I kind of like cringe, you know, people, people pick up on that. And especially youth. Youth have, some of these people are very sensitive. Or say, for instance, if some, some student in, on campus is transitioning from male to female or female to male. Like, students should be open to reach out to them. How are you doing? And they don't have to really focus on those particularities. They just have to deal with the other person as a, as a human being. Just treat other people nicely. That's, that's the least someone can do uh, on campus. University should be a place where people look out for one another and I think that's what needs to happen on a day-to-day -day basis and that's like you know what what's his name uh, Tolkien wrote about you know with Gandalf right it's a small things everyday acts of kindness and love that keeps the darkness away Clock Radio is a production of McEwen University special thanks to Janae Jahangir alumnus Doug Hoyer wrote the theme music Parts of the episode were recorded at the Edmonton Public Library Makerspace. The episode was produced by Tyler Butler with help from music student Danielle Abel. Safe spaces, both literal and figurative, are on everyone's mind at university campuses across North America. But are safe spaces the sanctuary they appear to be, or is there a darker side of the struggle to establish and maintain them? Explore the concept of safe spaces at McEwen and read more of Janaid's story on our website visit mcewen.ca slash safe spaces. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend about this podcast. We'll be back next month with a new episode.